When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. On save the queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. Lots to talk about this week and it's one for the ladies, I think. There's a lot of the female royals who have been busy and we will be talking about. Um, But I am joined once again by Daily Mirror Royal Editor Russell Myers, who is back with me. I am your host, Anne Griffer. Russell, nice to see you. Hello. Well, there'll be 74% of our listeners who voted on Instagram who will be disappointed because you have cut your hair. I've cut my hair. It's very short as well. I think I've gone a bit too short, to be honest. It looks like Jarhead. <laughs> I'm ready, for the, ready to sign up. Well you're, looking, uh, well, you're looking hale and hearty as well. And you, you are not the only one with a new do this week. Not me. I have got no new do. I've not been, not been back out. Although I am considering following Kate down the uh, colour it up a little bit line. Um, so we'll be talking a little bit about haircuts later with lovely Sarah Bradbury, who's taken a close look at what Kate and Megan have done with their new styles. But first, let's talk about what they've actually been doing. So yeah. Kate has uh, joined with the BBC or kind of endorsed their launch of their new project, Tiny Happy People, which fits in very much with her sort of early years interests. Yes. And actually, someone on Twitter reminded me that I had uh, almost got the scoop on this, I suppose, because I we did a small story about her having some meetings at the BBC. And this was last November. And I'd forgotten about this, but... Um, then I got told about, uh, I didn't get told the, the actual details of Tiny Happy People, but it, I knew it was something to do with her working with the children's department, and that's why she was there. But I have been been sworn to secrecy until now. And and this is what it was, and it, it looks pretty cool, actually. It is something called Tiny Happy People, which is basically a programme launched by the BBC, and it's a, sort of an online platform for new parents, Um and I, try, I mean, I'll read the blurb to you. It's a, it's a new range of free online tools, including activities, videos, articles, and quizzes, launched to support the development of under five's language and communication skills. Now, obviously, this is a big part of what Kate has been doing recently with the early years development, the Happy Mum, Happy Baby podcast, the, the big uh, survey that she did throughout the UK that was wildly heralded as, uh, you know, giving the... Um, the sort of science behind it almost of how we develop as children and I think that Kate summed it up really really well by just saying you know this sort of advice when you're a new parent is like gold dust and she really she really wished she had this practical advice when she was a first time mum so I think by her sort of endorsing it and she gave an interview to one of the BBC presenters um and it wasn't sort of open as candid as some of her previous ones have been with certainly Giovanna Fletcher with the Happy Mum, Happy Baby podcast. I think we saw a whole range of 
her um, sort of opening up about motherhood and parenthood and what that means. But this was quite interesting about how, um, you know, she's putting into practice what she's learning and now she's sort of developing it with big organisations like the BBC. So big thumbs up for, for this project. It's interesting as well, because clearly it has been a while in the works, but actually it's probably a really good time to have it because, you know, New Mums is one of those communities that really rely on each other and rely on the support of other people because, you know, you're, you're grown up and you think you know what you're doing and then suddenly you're looking after a tiny human and you've got to figure out all of all of that stuff and, and you know, your, your life has changed and you're at home rather than at work. But then actually now we're in the middle of this of this pandemic life is very different you know mother and baby groups do not exist in the in the same way people won't be going into their kind of um antenatal groups and things in the same way whether they're doing it virtually or, or whatever but you know there's a neighbor over the road who had her baby i think during during lockdown she said you know i'm, I'm really glad it's my second and, and not my first just because she's you know a bit more bit more self well yeah i mean if, you know friends who's uh, in that position as well there's no nct classes there you know you're having to do everything via zoom which is what we are doing and is what everyone's in the world seems to be doing over the last few months and i think that this is yeah it has come at a really good time because there's none of these groups where you would have that sort of wealth of information straight away or being able to share the uh, the trials and tribulations of parenthood straight away uh, and just having a look through this website, it is, I think I've got the link here. Yeah, I mean, if you go to yeah, bbc.co.uk forward slash tiny hyphen happy hyphen people, and it's actually really good. So I think everyone can and have a sort of browse through it. And in the sort of BBC interview, there was a couple of clips where Kate was actually speaking to some of the parents and just and realizing how to pick up on certain ways that your children or child is developing. And these things can be really, really key. And I suppose what she was kind of saying as well, and this sort of gold dust advice is particularly prevalent because, you know, hardly any of us have seen our friends and family and, and, and like you say, these groups that would really help other people. So um, yeah, if you haven't done, check it out. I think it's uh, another good initiative and definitely this is something we're going to be seeing more, uh, much more of Kate doing it through the latter stages of the year because we've sort of missed four or five months, haven't we already? And so it'll be a big, big catch up game. And the people I'm speaking to in the palace, it's like, their diary over they're looking sort of all autumn winter now and it's absolutely jam-packed already so um well hopefully lots of lots of exciting exciting projects in the pipeline normally say no rest for the wicked but clearly it is also no, <laughs> no rest for the royals i think it is interesting you know we've talked a lot about um the royals using social media more to reach people and you know the video calling and things but i think the other thing that has struck me is that they have been using those sort of big broadcasters a lot more than we've probably seen before you know kate's been interviewed on itv she and william have been interviewed on bbc now she's on bbc being interviewed again you've had charles and camilla both doing radio shows and they are using those sort of inbuilt networks to reach people so you find they can reach their own people through their own social media but mm. actually borrowing 
these other, you know, the big broadcasters borrowing their audiences. You know, BBC Breakfast hugely watched um, TV programme. The ITV's this morning, again, hugely, hugely popular, probably even more so while everybody is, at, you know, at home working from home and what have you, when normally they might be in the office or, or working wherever they do. Um, but they've sort of, you know, used those outlets to reach more people. Well, definitely. And I think what's interesting here, and you're, and you're quite right, because it's about traditional media and what happens in times of crisis, it has been proven that people go to traditional types of media, whether that is your big broadcasters, your newspaper of choice, the website that you would consume your news on the, you know, to get your hard facts. And, and, and of course, very, very interesting that they are tapping into that resource and not using, which we have spoken about hugely because of, sort of the race between Kensington Royal, um, Sussex Royal, you know, all the way that the, the royal family have and have used it to their advantage as well throughout the, the lockdown. You've seen Sophie Wessex doing a lot more on social media. The, you know, the York sisters have been doing their little bit, um, but not just using that as one vehicle because they are trying to target a certain audience and definitely even breaking down rather than sort of traditional media BBC, you've got probably a lot of young parents and young children watching these traditional types of media uh, because they're locked in the houses. So, um, and I don't, I don't think they will let up on that. I think they've seen it as a, a perfect vehicle to run alongside each other and it's, and it, and it's worked. So, um, you know, as a, with all these projects in the, in, in the pipeline, hopefully we'll, we'll get to see more sort of wide ranging interviews. Um, perhaps even with ourselves, we'll even get them on the podcast. Well, we'll keep giving it a go one day, one day. <laughs> um, there was also that really lovely call that Kate did with um, the school children and Andy Murray last week. Like, yes. you know, Wimbledon, obviously such a huge part of the calendar, although, you know, Normally, I really enjoy watching it, but this year I'm like, how would I ever have found actual time to watch it? And then I realised, oh, it's because there's football all over the telly all of the time, and I'm watching that instead. And that yeah. is what it's taking up. There my is thought. so much football on; it's insane. And then August is going to be—it's every day or something. Oh. So, are your team staying up at the moment, Russell? Yeah, we're just—we're just, we're just about staying okay. in the league. I'm very we're glad. So, and how about know. Williams? Williams Aston Villa? Not no, looking good weather. They're, I don't they're think they're finished, and we've got them on the last day of the season. To really so just I, I finish them Ham, off. To finish them off. So I, I probably yeah. won't be welcoming the Palace anytime soon. Or hopefully they'll be relegated before that and it won't even matter. But um, I thought, yeah. So Kate's, um, obviously Kate has a real sort of Wimbledon style when she goes and yeah. what she wears. It tends to be sort of whites and creams and, the, you know, the Wimbledon, the Wimbledon colour guide, although there's that famous... Um, McQueen sort of print with the skulls on which was a bit different but traditionally you'd expect to see her in white however she found a different way to channel the tennis theme this time and um, Katesy Datesy did get in touch on Twitter asking what the print was and happily Laura underscore underscore royal who has been keeping a close eye on these things had spotted that was an hvn dress it's this lovely green dress but the print on it is all sorts of tennis players hurling themselves about see well that's very good because uh, katie daisy did ask me and i i just responded that it was blue <laughs> russell it is green it is very firmly oh, maybe green. I said green maybe i said i definitely got the color right i'm you know oh, oh, i'm not even looking at the picture so yeah Let's that's hope. about the extent of my fashion fashion knowledge so thank god someone else came to the rescue yes. appreciate so it. i did i did i did message katie datesy back to a hat tip to laura royal so it's a 665 pound dress and very nice it is too actually Good i quite Lord. like it but i'm not Gosh. sure i've got i'm not sure i've got that in my piggy bank to justify spending that much money to or anywhere to go to do it but it's a know, lot of dough 
dough. It's a lot it of is. dough for a dress. I mean, uh, but in terms of the job, it was it was very nice. It was another Zoom call. I'm getting used to them. Well, if you're not used to them by now, you never will be. But the uh, it was. I think it was quite sweet that Andy Murray came on. They obviously, she, you know, she's patron of the the All England Lawn Tennis Association, and so it was. Uh, I think it was quite right to sort of remember it in this way. And she'd done also done sort of a, a video that was put out on their social media a few days before about you know when it comes back, we'll all be ready. We'll all be. Um, super psyched for next year's tournament. Fingers crossed if everything is well in the world. And I, I, I mean, I, I love Wimbledon. We've massively missed it. If you're a tennis or sports fan in any sense of words, you will have missed so much sport this year. But Wimbledon is very, very special in the sporting calendar. And um, I think the, the you know the kids were the kids were as impressed with Andy Murray coming on the screen as they were um, a, a real life royal. Andy Murray, I, you know, he gets, he's one of those funny he, people. He can come over a little bit silly, but actually he's really like funny and warm. He just doesn't always sort of show that in his, in his press type stuff. So, I think he so kind I'm, of plays up to that. And that's what's quite cool about him, that he, he realises that he, you know, he's, he's been potentially un, um, unfortunately labelled a dour Scot at some time, but he's, he actually plays up to it uh, oh. most of the time now. I love him. I think he's got great dry humour. Shall we? Shall we? Sir we, Andy Murray, we should oh, be yes. saying. Oh, he's Andy to you and me. We knew him before he was famous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but maybe next year, if there's real Wimbledon, you and me, we could go to Wimbledon and we could queue and we could have strawberries and cream and we could do the podcast from the queue just for fun. That's a Danny, great idea. Dan in the calorie, you idea. can come. You can come too. But you know, the, is that kind of oh? you start to think about plans for next year it's like will these things even happen at what stage will things get back to normal so it's such such a weird time and place to be and it is nice to see these different ways that people are still bringing bringing people together and finding different things um so it's not just kate that has been busy there was the duchess of sussex made an appearance on a girl up summit with you know it was a pretty inspiring lineup of people you, you know she's on the bill with michelle obama hillary clinton all kinds of you know real a1 yeah. women yeah it was good i watched it I, I was pretty impressed and talking of hairstyles did you see megan's new hairstyle yeah very nice i saw her hairdresser I saw someone had spoken to the hairdresser. Maybe it was in one of the papers or maybe it was on Twitter. Uh, but they said it wasn't extensions because Megan doesn't do extensions. It's just her hair has grown and she's, she's done it in such a way. She's and I know all of our listeners are obsessed with hairstyles at the moment. Well, there'll be Point more. Point in case. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, the verdict will be given by Sarah on all three new hairstyles very shortly, both Russell's and Megan's and Kate's. So I put up warm. a selection of my hair, my my six hairstyles through lockdown. It got quite a, quite a good reaction. I was, well, I thought I, thought we I was quite amusing. Well, <laughs> we shouldn't let all of this go to your head, for want of better, <laughs> better words. We need to find some way to bring you back down. To oh, I'm, I'm firmly on the floor. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the Royals. Um, I mean, it, yeah, this it was it was built up because it was it was sort of her first major made first major speech. I know she's you know she's been doing a few of these video calls and, and what have you, but this was a big deal. And as you say, probably because of the platform that she was on, it was Michelle Obama, Hillary Clinton speaking to you know forty thousand young people tuned in for this between the ages of thirteen and twenty-two across one hundred and seventy-two countries. So you know we're talking about traditional media and the reach, but that is pretty impressive because maybe the people t- tuning in to the actual live feed, but 
obviously it's been all over social media. We all covered it extensively. However, it was pretty punchy because, you know, there's the Megan was talking about, you know, in quotes, the, the, the those in the corridors of power. Um, and I think, you know, there's no getting away from it. It was a pretty big dig at the way that she had been or how she perceives she has been treated. I think this is on the back of uh, the court case that we've heard an awful lot about and Megan saying that she felt unprotected by the institution, what we've heard in uh, in the submissions in the court case against uh, the Mail on Sunday that is ongoing, that a trial date is going to be set very, very soon, which will be absolutely explosive. But um, And I'll just read from it, because if you haven't heard it, uh, it's definitely something you should go and check out. She says, I want to share something with you. It's that those in the corridor, halls in the corridors and places of power from lawmakers and world leaders to executives, all of those people, they depend on you more than you will ever depend on them. And here's the thing, they know this. They know that all of you at a younger age, that any modern comparison are setting the tone for, I don't even know that word, equitable? Humanity. I suppose equality is probably what we should be saying. Hmm. Uh, humanity, not figuratively, literally. I mean, I could go on and on, but it was very, very punchy. She wasn't, and she actually spoke from personal experience as well. She was saying that, uh, you know, talking about the need to drown out the neg- drown out the noise of negative voices and speak out even when we make others feel uneasy. And this is, you know, her and Harry had been talking about having uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations about the Commonwealth most recently and this is part of a narrative that they are obviously developing that they are seeing themselves as the people who are you know bringing these issues to the fore and making us uh face up to uncomfortable situations and certainly you know she's saying keep challenging keep pushing make them a little uncomfortable because it's only in that discomfort that we actually create the conditions to reimagine our standards and then again she spoke about her own personal experience so we are left in no doubt how she feels um how she was treated within the institution that she was you know in for barely 24 months or 20 months so i mean this court case is going to be absolutely explosive getting away from what she said girl up Let's talk. Let's talk about that in just a minute. But I just wanted to find a bit where it, she almost really acknowledged that she was talking about herself. You could kind of see it on her face when she changed. When she was talking about, um, she's trying to find the the specific bit. But basically, it's when she was oh, just about having, the, having the bravery to do something, even if it's hard and even if it hasn't been done before. But you know it is right. Then you should do it. Yeah, but the hardest part, and and it was the hardest part for me, is to chase your convictions with action. So, I mean, that's you know pretty. And then and then goes on to say, and another thing about those law lawmakers, leaders, and executives I mentioned. So she's you know she's doubling down on the fact that you know being no doubt of who I'm talking about. Um, Yeah, and this this book is coming out soon. I mean, it's only a matter of weeks. So there's certainly a lot of nervousness within the palace about uh, what will be said in that. And these these statements are obviously uncomfortable. All the stuff in the court case is very, very uncomfortable for the the palace. And then um, using her own experiences to talk to the next generation about how you should sort of be sticking it to the man. I mean, that's that's essentially what it is, isn't it? It's you've got to carve your own path and you've got to, you've got to make some noise while doing it. So 
Stand up, um, stand up for yourself. Stand and up for yourself, yeah. As I think you said earlier, you know, we don't necessarily want to talk about how they looked when they're saying important things, but obviously the first thing you do see is is how they look. So I'm not actually a huge fan of Megan's super long hair because I think you, it sort of drowns, you know, she's quite small. It drowns her face a bit and her face is obviously very lovely, but I did, I did really like the sort of sapphire blue colour, which to me is a very royal type of a blue. But anyway... I always hope they get out of this room, though. It looks like some sort of plasterer <laughs> has been in, and it's, just, it's yes. just sort of polished concrete. It's all a bit yes. weird. It doesn't do, make... It just, it just doesn't look good, does it? it just no, and good. do do catch up with the episode that I did with the uh, one of the guys behind Room Racer a few weeks ago who when we were talking about the uh, different royal rooms. Um, so, yes, that was fun. But uh, we're going to hear now from somebody who is a lot more expert than either Russell or I when talking Surely about not. Hair. Surely not. Well, there are people who know more about hair than you and me, Russell. So we should hear from one of them now. And that's lovely Sarah Bradbury. Thank you. So, yes, we've seen quite a new look for both Kate and Megan, which is really, really lovely to see. They're obviously... Well, Kate is making the most of hairdressers being open again, whereas Megan's kind of stuck to a whole new look, which we're really loving. Um, so Kate's hair, she has come out on BBC News the other day um, and she's gone for what people are dubbing a bronze shade. So a very natural combination between being a brunette and a blonde. So she's adapted these very subtle honey highlights and caramel tones through what we'd usually see her as having very dark brunette hair, which we've loved and kind of imitated at the hairdressers ourselves for years but now I think a lot of people love to go lighter in the summer and I think Kate's really adapting to that and kind of showing that she can do something new and a bit drastic um and I absolutely love it I think the coloring hasn't washed her out I really love the long layers around her face so her fringe has kind of grown out a bit and you know that volume that she always has and we know and love from her blow dries is very much still there um but yeah the caramel highlights have kind of given her a new depth and dimension to her hair and makes it almost look even thicker than before um and she just looks so effortlessly beautiful and if you are thinking of going to the salon and doing this yourself I think it's very easy um the technique I think would be most adapted by a lot of hairdressers is a balayage technique which is French for like hand painting I believe um so she, they'll kind of never go too close to the roots like you'd have your traditional highlighted hair. Um, and they'll kind of start from more like three quarters of the way down, um, never close to the root and kind of just paint random streaks almost where the sunlight would hit your hair. And that's exactly what Kate's gone for. So even though it's quite a drastic change to see her with much lighter hair, it's still very, very natural um, and very easy for people to do at home. Um, in terms of keeping and maintaining the colour, I would say opt for shampoos that have maybe a purple tone to kind of get rid of brassiness um, and maybe ask your hairdressers for a toner to kind of keep those warmer depths and shades running through your hair rather than having any brassy brassiness that may come through. Um, as for Megan, she has basically said hell no to the scissors and I'm actually loving her Rapunzel, Rapunzel-esque hair. Um, she just looks fantastic and she just looks very natural and very normal and I know you know when she was making her speech we shouldn't have been fascinating over her hair but you know with royals how can we not um she still has very long layers through the front and through the ends so there is she's obviously got very thick hair so there is some like lightning 
is that in the right word? Um, kind of thinning techniques out there. But yeah, it just looks like it could maybe come down to her waist now, but it's still that beautiful, very glossy, very dark um, shade of brown, almost black that we love and adore of Megan's hair. Um, really just suits her. And who knows, maybe she'll opt to do a cate and chop or whether she'll keep growing it out, I don't know. But the longer the hair, I think more Archie has to kind of pull and tug on, um, which is never ideal for a parent. But um, obviously we can't talk about hair without, um, and the ladies hair, um, without obviously mentioning our Russell. Um, he's obviously been sporting a very, his own new hairstyle and 74% of listeners um, have actually thought Russell should keep his lockdown look. Um, and I think I'm agreeing. I think when I look at his... Um, picture from when he appeared on Good Morning Britain. Quite long on top, but short sides. I think he looks great. Um, the picture in Sainsbury's supermarket aisle, you know, could have made a bit more of an effort. But yeah, I don't think he should cut it all off. Don't go for the chop, Russell. I think the Good Morning Britain hair is is doing you a lot, a world of wonders. A world of wonders? But anyway, yeah, you're looking good. So yeah, for anyone who's out there desperate to get back to the hairdressers and you're thinking of replicating Megan and Kate's look, mostly more um, Kate's because she's had a bit more drastic one, I would say take pictures and have a consultation and see if your hair is able of taking the bleaching and the tinting process. Um, and you might notice that you could go a few shades lighter, but yeah, it's all in the care and just have a great chat with your hairdresser and they'll obviously hopefully be able to give you some tips on how you can maintain it after the salon too. <laughs> So, big thumbs up for Kate and Megan's new do. Sarah, Sarah really liked your old do, Russell. She thought it should, you should have it, keep it a little bit longer on the top. I was think a big she's fan of the Lorraine right. look. Oh, thanks very much. So, yeah, I will. I probably will grow it. This sort of, uh, I'll be carted off to the front lines with this haircut. I think it's pretty <laughs> severe. It is the good thing about hair is that it does usually grow back. That's when I, if I go, if I ever go to the hairdresser, I tend to say, oh yeah, cut off however much you like. It's fine. It'll come back again. Go so with it. That is my general approach. Right. Okay. Let's do our courts update. Uh, the different kind of courts circular, which seems to be a regular thing before we go on to talk a little bit about the Queen a bit later on. So let's let's deal with the latest in Meghan's court situation first, and then we'll catch up on what's gone on in the um, Ghislaine Maxwell uh proceedings as well but Megan so, first of all well i think the big news from the last sort of last week is that megan is has launched this bid to use newspaper paper speak or to, to stop the mail on sunday naming these infamous five friends that she is claiming spoke without her knowledge to the u.s magazine people now this is a very very big deal because these five friends have been widely um, spoken about, sort of rumoured who they were, um, close friends of hers, former co-stars, whether Mulroney was definitely or not one of them, whether she's even talking to Jessica Mulroney anymore. Um, And so the fact that she wants to block these five best friends from being revealed is quite important indeed because... um, the Mail on Sunday obviously is saying that their reasoning or their defense, if you will, for, for printing this letter with Thomas Markle um, is because she had given permission for the friends to speak 
to People magazine. So therefore, do they have a reasonable expectation of privacy, given that they have already spoken to a media outlet? If they, if the dispute is indeed that Megan did uh, allow them or not permit them to speak or have any knowledge of that, then surely that is a main crux of the court case. And therefore, they should be or could be um, you know, made to give evidence within the High Court. And if they are called, then they would have to give evidence on oath at the High Court of what Megan knew, if anything, about them speaking to People magazine or indeed any of the issues surrounding the palace or, or anything like that. So it could be very, very uncomfortable. So I don't think the judge will allow this. I think he would say, well, you've got to leave it open because the issue is that these five friends could be called to give evidence, if not all five, then certainly maybe some of them. So therefore, it's all about due process and what is fit and proper within this case. And I think it would be really interesting i mean obviously interesting but it is correct that we should hear from them if they are called to give evidence so i think uh, there's an interesting piece on the new york post that i saw shared which was uh, the headline why Meghan markle should be afraid of johnny depp's disastrous libel trial and i think it is that interesting thing of you know what is what happens in court can be reported and you have protection in reporting it you have a right to report what goes on in the courts unless the, unless the judge rules something out for you know certain legal reasons and you know it basically this new york post piece basically points out that johnny depp was uh, filing his libel suit over just one adjective wife beater but what has actually played out is a thorough kind of going over of all of the lurid you know sort of you know the untold things that goes on behind closed doors in in them marriage and it's you know obviously been making headlines for for days this you know hollywood hollywood a-lister his model wife and and just the kind of things that you don't expect in any marriage really but it's well, like- he's i mean you know in, in terms of depth there is an argument to say that regardless of what happens in this uh case his life his whole private life has been dragged into the open hasn't it about whether it's drug or alcohol abuse or whether he's um you know the way he speaks to people or uh, can you know converses with or uh, treats treats people in his close um close network and i think that that's the really the danger of what will happen because um you know Meg- megan might be taking the mail on sunday to task but all this other stuff about coming out uh, about how she felt when she was dealt with w- within the palace walls um, is going to really make uncomfortable reading. And and if she if she or Harry want to have a relationship with the palace, then it might be on rocky ground. One one could argue if 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 you're sort of airing your dirty laundry in public, as as will happen undoubtedly in the case. And it's that you know when something is a point of principle and you feel very strongly about it and you want to defend your good name. It's, uh, and, and your privacy or whatever, whatever it wants to be. It's like how how much and where is the line and how much do you want to do it? So that will be one, as we, as we say every week, that will be more ongoing, that we'll continue to follow. Um, and the latest latest with Ghislaine Maxwell, Russell, what is the situation there? Tears well, in court. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and you can see why. She's, this is getting very, very serious now that the, uh, you know, she's been remanded in custody. It will be a year until, I think it's next June, um, 
see June the twelfth is a that's in my head, but certainly next next year for a two week trial, she's denied all the allegations that she previously had. Uh, but you know, there's there's some really really serious charges um, levelled against her in terms of procuring minors for Epstein for for perjury, potentially lying to investigators last time she was interviewed about all these allegations, and and she was she will be languishing in a jail cell for the next year. Um, on top of that, uh, you know, we revealed last week that she's also being sued privately by some uh, some of her, Epstein's alleged victims. So. They're not only going, you know, it's coming from all directions. And certainly uh, she would have thought that the deal that Epstein struck um, with prosecutors last time would have put anyone, as in co-conspirators, off uh, off limits. But it seems as though that uh, there there are certain loopholes and and people are going to go after her fortune at the moment, which is rumoured to be about 20 million 20 million pounds which is obviously a vast vast amount of money um so it's 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 looking very very serious for her so there's there's still no still no date about uh still no date set for for prince andrew to speak to the fbi he's uh you know they're still trying to thrash that out as far as i'm aware um and still you know keep on saying it the devil is in the detail here about whether he will be interviewed um or whether he will give a written statement, whether he will have to give a statement in a magistrate's court, which would then be under oath in the UK. So there are so many ways that this could go at the moment. And I think that the main issue for, for Andrew's team will be whether Ghislaine, over the next few months, um, would seek to do a deal with prosecutors. Now, she had been asking to, to pitch up and be on house arrest in a very nice luxury hotel, and it seems as though the judge is absolutely... Um, put that uh put put the put the blocks on that and that certainly won't be happening so will the pressure get to her with the what does she know i mean it's all it's all ifs buts and maybes at the moment isn't it so um uh i, I until andrew speaks to to anyone uh, or until it becomes clear how he is going to be dealt with by those investigators it is a saga that is going to keep on running Whew. yes and uh Big breath. I mean, everyone's having a big breath with this. I mean, this this is the thing because um, there are so many different characters involved in this. Now, Andrew's name keeps getting dragged dragged into this, and potentially, you know, his team would say that that is absolutely ludicrous. He has no case to answer. It's a very unfortunate associations that he had with these people however there are definitely a lot of rich and powerful and influential people from politicians to you know wealthy very very wealthy people and people of uh, of note in in both british and american high society that will be very very nervous because epstein and maxwell were you know, you know friends with a lot of these types of people so what will um what skeletons are in people's closets, and and this this is what is going to be dragged up over the next uh, next twelve months or so. Fascinating, fascinating. Um, but the Queen escaped it all with well. Let's end a Zoom on a good call. note. Let's end on a good note because this was glorious. That the Queen was left most amused. She was speaking to uh, a Jamaican bobsledder, or I haven't got the hang of this. Is it bobsledder the- or bobslayer? I think you're Bob Slay. You you're in the Bob Slay, but you're a Bob Sledder. How many? I mean, tomato, tomato. How many would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck <laughs> chuck wood? But it's it's the pilot of the Jamaican bobsleigh team is the simpler way around Absolute it. Absolute legend, Sharon Wayne uh, Stevens. Um, 
Lance Corporal with the Queen's Colour Squadron. He had been telling her, because the gyms had shut down all over lockdown, uh, he had to improvise to pushing his girlfriend's Mini Cooper around a car park at Peterborough. <laughs> it's absolutely gold. And and then he was sort of t- he was one of the three military personnel who was speaking to the Queen in this video call. And he said she had a big smile on her face when I told her about pushing the car. I think she was quite impressed by that. She did mention that I was part of a team. And then I elaborated on exactly what I was doing. She was quite amused at my training regime. Now, this is absolute class. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's definitely on our website. It's been uh, wildly trailed. The Queen sitting in uh, one of the rooms at uh, Windsor Castle, speaking to these guys and, and taking a lot of joy in it, actually, and speaking to the to these uh, military personnel all about sort of what they've... Um, what they've been getting up to in lockdown. And I think that the Queen has been doing a lot of that, but Friday, tomorrow, she's going to be doing her first in-person engagement outside to knight Captain Tom, uh, the fantastic fundraiser raised over £33 million for the NHS. And I think Tom Moore has all of our thanks and congratulations, and it is incredible that the queen is sort of coming out of isolation to to honor him in such a way to for his knighthood that's a very very lovely thing and i'm sure i'm sure they would have much to talk about if they're able to get close enough to have a chin wag where they can um hear each other because i would imagine both beyond beyond 90 and beyond 100 respectively potentially the hearing might not be quite as sharp as it would be used to but you can't get can't get quite so close up to to have that chat but no the queen looked super relaxed it was her first zoom call on her own i think on her own princess under the previous one and um she was having a right old giggle well you know what all of this puts paid to the the stories that we've seen regularly sort of um put out there about is this the last time we will ever see the queen will the queen return to buckingham palace and you know if if i had a penny for every uh time i've been asked this question it's like listen she'll she'll definitely want to come back to uh the palace i can see london you know let's who knows when we have a second wave however stuff like this is really putting it out there that it's business as usual as much as possible for the queen and sure she was most most likely to go to Balmore over over the summer but the plan is very very much um that the you know the diaries are being worked out for autumn and winter for the queen to be involved so as I say all days, watch your space. I like to think that the Queen came off that call and went straight and said, right, find me my cool runnings DVD, please. <laughs> Put it on the television. I want to watch it and see the lucky egg. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely is that, brilliant. Was that a film of your childhood as well, Russell? Well, it's, it's one of mine, but my wife is super, super into it. She quotes it all the time. I'm not that geeky with films. Oh yeah, my brothers used to quote it all the time. I do love it. It was a, definitely a favourite in, classic. in the Griffith family growing up. Um, so, Gough Whitman. Tell me about Ooh. Gough Whitman, Blast from the Past. So Gough Whitman was the Aussie MP, or not MP, he was the PM, PM. who got the boots. He got, he, got absolutely, he got absolutely shafted because uh, it was Sir John Kerr who was then at the time the Governor General, and this was 19... 19- 75. Now, this has been a long-running saga, and it was uh, a big campaign in Australia about whether the Queen had any knowledge of him being dismissed from his um, from his post. So essentially, he was sacked, and whether the, the, the Queen was 
uh, in on this decision, which was a huge, huge turning point in Australia's political history. Now, this long-running campaign was all about uh, the release of letters of correspondence between um, Sir John Kerr and the Queen and about the, the action that he took to uh, essentially put Malcolm Fraser, who was the opposition, opposition leader, in place without informing the palace. Now, it was a bit of a damp squib because I think a lot of people were definitely expecting that, you know, this was going to be some huge conspiracy and that the Queen did know and that she had sanctioned it and this would have been a dereliction of duty um, because she's supposed to be apolitical, certainly. Uh, and it just came out that she had no prior knowledge. And, and these letters from uh, for, for Sir John Kerr essentially said that he had um, he had he had got rid of rid of Mr. Whitam without informing the palace in advance. Now, it opens up another load of conspiracy theories about whether there are two forms of letters and whether that the Queen did know, but knowing that this would come out in the wash several decades later, uh, whether they you know wrote letters saying that they didn't know. However, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I think we've just got to go on what we know. Uh, but it was a, it's a very, very interesting turning point because this has been discovered, discussed for like 40, 40 odd years. And I think it closes a very interesting particular uh, chapter in Australia's history. Uh, speaking of history, next week I will be interviewing Alex Larman, who is the author of the new book, The Crown in Crisis, which focuses on Edward and Wallace Simpson and the abdication. So I would love it, lovely listeners, if you could send me your burning questions. I've had some in already on the Instagram and I will post up, post up again there as well to get your thoughts. But you can send them to me on Twitter at Podsave, on Instagram at Podsave, or you can go via email podsavethequeen at trinitymirror.com. You obviously can't come and visit us in the office because we're still recording from home. I confused somebody when I posted on Instagram to say, we're back in the recording studio tomorrow because that's just what we say. <laughs> this is a studio, yeah, a recording this is studio. Our studio. This is it. My, yeah, my spare bedroom, your kitchen. It's all yeah, fine. It's going to um, be a while. So, is there last anything? Shout outs, last shout outs, Camilla's birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday. Seven, 73 years young, a lovely photograph. Uh, will be released by the palace I'm sure so check out for that one and uh, yeah many happy returns many happy returns I hope she has a good G&T she's a I'm she's sure a... she'll have more than one <laughs> <laughs> always 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 a favourite absolutely, absolutely. Um, anything else we have to look forward to Russell that we know is on the books or is it just a, is it this kind of a more hand to mouth wait and see and be surprised each day well I just think you know we're, we're all going to love seeing the Queen and Sir and Sir Tom as he will now be known from Friday uh, afternoon UK time so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that um, no I can't tell you about anything else. It's Top all secret. It's all Russell top secret. I'm just thing. checking. Yeah, that's he why I'm excited. He knows there's a thing. So there will be, there will be royal things coming. But Russell royal things. I, that's, that I can promise. That I can oh, promise. More royal things coming. Okay, well, good. So uh, Russell and I will be back for next week's episode. And then you will have a couple of special episodes to look forward to. The one with um, looking at Edward and Wallace that I mentioned. And also, finally, we are going to unleash the Debrett's etiquette guide which i know russell will be listening to and then he'll be much more polite and lovely when i come what back. fork to use what fork to use well in fact i did think i thought about um my 
my Debrett's friend at the start of the call, Zoom call with the Queen when, you know, one of the military uh, military types, so they're all calling her Your Majesty, obviously, as you would. And it's like, if it please Your Majesty, I will in- introduce you to these people because you sort of have to take a bit more control in a video call than you might do normally if you're in a person-to-person thing. But he was sort of having to ask permission to carry on with doing this. And I thought, oh, that's, that's very proper and very, very nice. So good. There's, there's lots of lots of good chats in the Debrett's one and some handy tips on how we can, um, you know, greet each other and deal with each other in these different times as well, as well as what to do if you go to the Queen's house and accidentally break her china. So, <laughs> well, I'm, I'll, have to, I'll have to take a listen. Looking forward to it. But we, we shall meet again before then, Russell. And listeners, thank you. Thank you for joining us again this week. We hope you are safe and you are well and you've enjoyed this little clip-clop through the latest royal happenings. But we'll be back again next week. And until next time... Pod save the Queen! 